Welcome, everyone. This is Jackie Kearns from Affinity Federal Credit Union. I'm excited today to kick off our first ever podcast from the Wellbeing and Your Wallet series. We really look forward to having you all engage with us over the next couple podcasts in this very important and timely topic. Today, there's many things that we want to talk about, and I've had some experts here with me, Sean Lubitz and Grant Gallagher, to help that discussion move along. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Thank Jackie. Jackie. I'll, uh, I'll give a, a very quick introduction of myself first. So my name is Sean Lubitz. I'm the Assistant Vice President of Retail Branching here at Affinity. So I oversee all of our physical branch locations across New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. And uh, I'm Grant Gallagher. I'm the Head of Financial Wellbeing and Brand Communications at Affinity. Uh, I lead our financial wellbeing initiatives, PR and communications, financial learning, uh, and a grab bag of some other things as well. Thanks for having me, Jackie. Thank you both for being here with me. And as I said before, I'm Jackie Kearns. I am the Chief Brand and Strategy Officer at Affinity Federal Credit Union. We are based in Basking Ridge, New Jersey, but we serve national members across all 50 states and some international as well. So we're really excited to start this dialogue with all of you, and we look forward to having you have a dialogue back with us. I know there's some interesting icebreakers that, Grant, you wanted to start off with, though, for our first episode today, maybe to get to know us a little better or not. <laughs> yeah, no, th thanks, Jackie. I, you know, I think one of the things that is, is really important for, you know, us to kind of set the stage with for both our audience and, and just, you know, between each other is just understanding what's, what's financial well-being and, and how do I achieve it? Um, so I would, I would pitch that up to, you know, either you, whoever wants to go first, and I can, I have a lot of thoughts in this matter, so I'll, I'll jump in at the end. Sure. I, I don't mind kicking this off. So I, um, it's actually very funny. Grant, so we've been talking about this for quite some time, and I, it took me a little bit to kind of get, get the idea of financial well-being to really stick with me. Um, at first, it was very much the dollars and cents um, of anybody's financial situation. But really, what financial well-being is, is really that emotional connection to the money. Um, so, you know, are, are you... Are you comfortable in making sure that you can meet your, your financial obligations on a monthly basis or annual basis? Um, do you feel secure in your financial future? Again, the, the key word there being feel. And then obviously, can you just enjoy life? Do you, do you have the, the financial security to be able to not stress and be able to out and, and actually enjoy all the other, all the other pieces um, that come along with well-being? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting um, way to think about the world differently than just transactional finance. What I have in my personal balance sheet, right? Did I overspend? Did I take too much out of the Mac the other day? And I do call it the Mac Stiller, <laughs> commonly known now to many people born before when I was the ATM. And what am I doing with it? How am I doing with it? And I think, Sean, you hit on a really important point. How do I feel about what's happening with regards to my you know, money, my balance sheet, my personal connection to how money helps things in my life. But the enjoyment factor is what I think we want to focus on too. Yeah. How do we actually have more of you in the audience help us understand how we get money, more members and those out there have joined yet to be members thriving in this environment that is so overwhelming right now for all of us, right? Yeah. And, and Sean, you know, I think you really hit on where a lot of people are at with their financial well-being, where they don't think of it from the emotional perspective. You know, it's very much most of their life, it's been what their balance is, what their credit score is. You know, it's, it's all very easily measurable, but it's never the flip side of it of just how it's impacting you and how you approach it. 
So I think that's a really common approach to this and, and just kind of struggling to, to flip the coin over and, and see how it is. But it really is just such a, a critical piece of your financial life where, you know, what, what, is, what, are, what are you working for? What are you saving for? You know, what is the point of all this at the end of the day? It's not to get more money. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's nice to have, but it's not it's what you do with the money. It's what you're saving for. It's the memories you're planning to make with it. It's the impact you're planning to make. You know, and, and that's really where the where the feel good piece of it comes in. Um, and it's also important to remember it's it's different for everyone. You know, my my perfect state of financial well-being is probably different than yours, Jackie. It's different than Sean's. It's different than anybody I, I talk to. And it's just because the state in, in, in life that I'm in can be a big, big impact on, on what's a priority to me. You know, right now I, I have Two, two twin daughters, they're toddlers, they're, they're, you know, we just had an amazing tip, trip to Disney World. Um, but for somebody else, that might not be a priority for them. You know, maybe it's, it's saving up for a nice car, it's saving up for retirement, it's, you know, it's something completely different that, that really hits them emotionally. So it's important to remember that when we talk about financial well-being. Our personal stories, you know, it's important to us, but it's different for everybody. It's, it, 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 you know, it's really something that, that only somebody can tell you what their perfect state of financial well-being is. We, we can't, and we can guess, but we're probably not going to get it. Well, I want to know if it fluctuated for you when you were down in Disney, because I know it always does for me. That's a <laughs> happy, emotional place, but definitely you think long and hard about those choices, right, from a finance oh. perspective when on, when on site. And you I, know, think I, I have to give credit to those people over at Disney with, with their magic bands and the cards where you can just tap to pay. You know, it, it really disconnects you from the pain of shelling out you know, <laughs> physical money. So they've, they've done a very good job of making it a lot less painful to, to spend big well, bucks. Well, it's all about staying in the emotion of it, staying in the experience. Yes of it, right? And I think that's more where we want to differentiate our conversation. It's what are you trying to, as you so well said, you know, before Grant, what are you trying to experience? And Sean, where do you want to experience things differently than just worrying about the checks and balances of finance? I really think that one thing that we wanted to also make sure connects for everyone out there, and hopefully it does, is that it's a personal journey, as you said, Grant. So everyone's stories, we want to hear and learn more from your perspective. Um, this isn't Affinity's perspective on all. It is actually our job to listen to our members and hear more from each of you. And hopefully over the next series of podcasts, we can get you know more intimate in that discussion and maybe invite some guests on that can talk a little bit more about their own journey in this space. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, to your point too, both Jackie and Grant, um, it absolutely is a journey. I, I was thinking about obviously coming on the podcast and thinking of different examples um, regarding financial well-being. And I just remember... Obviously, being a little bit younger, and you go on trips with your friends. Maybe it's annually, and you don't save, as I did not when I was younger. Um, so it's a struggle to pay for that trip, then be on that trip, and feel good about spending money, going out to dinner, um, grabbing a drink, whatever it might be, um, versus planning a little bit ahead, then being able to not take that stress with you on vacation, not worry about a, a debit card necessarily getting declined if there was not enough money in your account. Um, those are all the very stressful situations, whether people want to admit it or not. So absolutely, well-being, financial well-being is, is totally a journey, and it meets everybody kind of where they're at at their point in life. It's a great way to segue into that spend, save, and borrow with confidence piece, right? Because we're talking about well-being, yep. to your point, but we're also talking about how your wallet, as you just said, um, can get a, <laughs> get a little light as we start <laughs> to do these things, Right. And, you know, I think as we talk to more and more professionals out there, the one thing in this environment that we really have to be mindful of is 
doesn't go as far maybe that dollar as it did a couple of even months ago or weeks ago. And how are we really looking to help discuss these topics? You know, Sean, in your role, you have many, many professionals, our relationship specialists that talk to our members about these things. You know, what do we really think about the pillars of well-being when we do that, right? How are we exercising what those are? And maybe we can take a minute to actually review for the audience what that even is, because there's a, there's a science behind this as much as there's the art and that emotional piece, right? Absolutely. Um, again, kind of looking at, again, meeting people where they're at, but at the same point, people obviously want to save. They want to, they want to look at their future. They want to make sure that they have time to enjoy life as they get older and during the journey as well. Um, and to a lot of people that could be investing money, it could be just setting money aside and saving. What, what I do think people get a little confused on sometimes is they feel like they're, they're behind the eight ball. They need to invest right now, but they might have high interest debt. And really they should kind of take that focus, get themselves in a really good situation, kind of minimize that high interest debt as much as possible, or even just get rid of it completely before they really start to look at putting good chunks of money away into a savings or into an investment product. Again, I think people also feel like at a certain age, oh, I missed the, I missed the boat. Right? I think everybody's kind of heard the podcasts or read the articles about if you invest at the age of 20, yeah. you know, you, you'll have an, an extra million dollars at the time of 60. So those individuals and ha- who are And how 30, many of us have that million dollars? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Who knows that 20-year-old still, still that can afford that, right? Exactly. So when you're, yeah. you know, the 30-year-olds listening to this, 35-year-olds, 40-year-olds, it, you haven't missed the boat. Um, there's still opportunity to put money away. Again, save, minimize that, that high-interest debt and then get some money into, again, a savings or investment product that's going to benefit you in the future. But I, I think people really misinterpret that a little bit and feel like they're, it's too late and it's not. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot of our financial um, education has come from an industry that wanted us to do things like dollar cost average and invest over time. And they're all really good principles. But let's maybe take a second, if we can, and talk about the reality of the situation. Grant alluded to you know age. You don't have as much when you're starting in your early years earning, right? It's harder to put away even a bit here and there. Um, and I know at Affinity, we do some certain products that we've created, like inverted savings. Start with a little bit, it earns you higher interest, right? It's a really simple, easy way of getting started, where maybe the investment markets are a little bit more scary territory. You know, if I had a, a dollar for every person that I remember put money into the market that really didn't know enough about it yet, they probably don't have those same dollars today. So we have some products, right, that can help. But what do you think is the biggest um, barrier when you think about someone's well-being? Is it just getting started? I mean, Grant, you, you've been doing financial education for a, a number of years. What's the biggest break that we have to make with somebody, I think, to just allow them to open up and get started with us? Yeah, it, it really is that first kind of hump to get over to figure out what what you can afford to do and, and what you can do to get started. You know, there's a little bit of a... Uh, analysis paralysis with just so many options out there that it's hard to figure out, you know, what's, what's the one thing to put that first dollar into. And then it's, you know, it's much easier from there. Is it budgeting? Um, I mean, I know we hear that term all the time, budgeting, 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 right? So what do you think about that? You talk a lot about budgeting. You've told me about budgeting. Yeah. 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 No, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's partially budgeting. It, It is looking at your whole financial picture understanding what you can afford to put away. And listen, it doesn't matter if it's if it's $1, if it's $5, if it's $100. It's really forming that habit, becoming comfortable knowing, you know, what you can afford to put away. And I mean, listen, it's a lot of the times it's it's there as an emergency. That's usually where a lot of people start is is by forming that first emergency fund. 
Um, we've all heard that, you know, scary statistic of less than, you know, half of all Americans can afford a $400 expense. Well, it's because half of those Americans haven't prioritized making an emergency savings account. And, and that's something that, you know, really is, is a solid place to start. Um, but it's, it, you know, before you even get there, it's, it's looking at your financial situation, understanding your cash flow. You know, if, if you're living paycheck to paycheck and things are really tight, where can you potentially cut back to open up a little bit more cash flow? You know, one and of I think thi- yeah, go ahead, you're saying just start. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, what yeah. I, when you're hearing this, it's, it's kind of simple. Just start, right? And find somebody who you can start with. And if I could just actually pivot to Sean for a second from that point, Grant, and go back and think, well, how do you do? I mean, Sean, you and I both worked in branches, right, a long time ago. And you know those people that kind of come in. Sometimes they come in because they need an auto loan opposed to a savings account. Yep. So where's your best maybe example of somebody who just you got to start and you felt so good about it that day? And sure. how did that we, work uh, out for them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And one thing Grant said that really sticks out is the prioritization, right? I think that's, that is absolutely key because again, well-being being that emotional connection, it, what do you want to be able to do now? And you have to kind of outweigh, you know, I could be someone that stays home every day and, and puts as much money away as possible because I want to retire at 50. If that makes me happy, okay, that that's your plan. That's, we will guide you through that journey. If you're someone that's you know, I, I don't plan on ever retiring. I don't need a lot of money. I just want to travel and kind of get side jobs across the country, across the world. If that's what makes them happy, that that provides them that sense of financial well-being as well. Um, so it is really important. Anybody that does visit a branch, uh, I think Grant said this earlier too, we can't just shoot in the dark. I can't tell people how to budget their money. Okay, you make X amount of dollars a month. You're going to put this much money into a savings account. You're going to do this with the rest. You're going to you know, pay these bills online. You can you can get a discount through this card, whatever it might be. Um, it's really just making sure we ask questions and understand what what their financial dreams are. What are their goals? Um, and then guiding them uh, through that journey and making sure that they achieve those goals. So it, it is absolutely different for everybody. But I think that's what I enjoy about this role. And I know our uh, team members in our branches and also in our our digital branch as well really enjoy that piece, getting to know. The, the members and um, developing those relationships and then seeing the success, obviously. I think we can all attest that, you know, making sure that the relationship is the focal point opposed to what product or solution they're walking out of the branch or leaving that discussion on the telephone with us if they call in to our hub or even they kind of come in through the chatbot. What we do with that information from that point on is really important to tie back to something I wanted to ask Grant a little bit more about as well, which is, you know, there is a lot of behavior as we've been talking about it. Sean, you just said it best too. We want to personalize what we're doing for our members and how we're doing it and offering them some suggestions. But Grant, what do you think is, you know, in this environment that we're in, what do you think are coming out of our research with Gallup or other things that we're looking at? What's the biggest worry that you might have, the stress that you might have even right now as a member, as a consumer in all of this? And, and how do you think you manage through it? Obviously, you're an expert in the space. So you take your own advice, I'm sure. But, but what do you think? Like what's, what's in your own, you know, sphere, your friends, your family yeah, going on, especially know, with inflation, right? Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's kind of the, the scariest part is that we don't, we don't know where things are going. And, you know, traditional wisdom is, you know, always keep an eye on your finances, go back and, you know, reconfigure as things change, usually maybe once a year, maybe every six months, you know, something like that. But things have been changing so rapidly that I, I think people are, are kind of stressed about even just being able to keep status quo. 
And, you know, for, for a lot of folks, it, it is, it's hitting them in, in their, in their grocery bill. It's hitting them when they're filling up at the pump. Um, you know, so it's my, my main advice from, from that angle is, you know, make sure that your basics are always covered. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to have, you know, an Amazon prime subscription. It's nice to be able to stream whatever you want. Um, but you know, make sure, make sure that your, your core needs are covered before you're, you know, you're, you're looking to the, the comfortable stuff. Also, you know, ask for help. I, I cannot stress that enough. You know, you need to have somebody who you're comfortable talking about your finances with and, and not a lot of people have that financial best friend. You know, some people will, will turn to their financial institution to get that advice. Some people will have a friend or a family member that they'll turn to, but you have to have somebody that you're really willing to have a open and honest conversation with, uh, because you know, you, it's like you go to the doctor. If, if you're not telling them all your symptoms, they can't diagnose you properly. That's the same case for your financial life. You gotta, you gotta right. tell the truth. You gotta be honest. And, and that's the best way to get, you know, good guidance. Right. I think it's, um, you said it before too, and, and maybe I'll, kind of using words here that weren't exactly said, but reducing stress, right? Yep. Making sure you have a partner in this discussion. Um, we know in the world that we just come out of from a pandemic perspective, people still have mindset to get back into what is sort of the norm. And in this financial well-being piece that we're talking about and really leveraging as part of how we in, at Affinity help our members, hopefully through different times, there's those four other elements, right? There's not just financial well-being. It's how you physically are doing, how are you socially doing, right? What's your career like? You know, what's the overall environment in your community? And, you know, over the course of this podcast, we'll love to tackle those individually. I mean, obviously financial being the main topic for today, but where else do you think the consumer is with all of this? You know, what, I'll go back to Sean on this one, as you're talking to more members than Grant and I on a regular basis, what is it that they come to your team with that stresses them and keeps them up at night? Because maybe it's not necessarily sort of the, I know I need to do it, but oh my goodness, if I don't do this, something else yeah. might happen. That's really not a good outcome. Yeah. And you, and you both touched on it a little bit too. I think uncertainty is probably the biggest cause of, you know, this, this anxiety or this fear of what's going on. And I don't want to say anyone is overreacting. That is not at all. They've, we all have a, a, obviously, you know, a right to be concerned, but at the same point, a lot of things are out of our control. Um, and what we try to tell people is control what you can control. And Grant said this earlier as well. I mean, we have a choice, right? We can, we can prioritize our wants and our needs, right? We, we need to pay our cell phone, right? We don't need to go get that cup of coffee every day. Uh, even though I don't know how I would, how I would feel each and every day if I didn't have it next to me, which I do right now. I'm going to pay um, for it for you, by the way. I'm going to yeah. keep putting that in the coffee. I don't want, I don't want your team to see you without coffee. Yeah, just to keep me going for sure. <laughs> or, or your family. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I, I think, uh, just again, taking a deep breath. Um, a lot of it, if, if you are planning and you are kind of preparing, cause this does go in cycles, right? If, if you prepare for it properly, it will remove a, a good amount of that stress from this situation, but really it's take a deep breath, focus on what you can control and then make the decisions and kind of prioritize your wants and needs to make sure that you, you weather the storm a little bit. That's great advice. Grant, what do you, what do you think on, you know, based on that too, what are some of the ways to even hopefully short term, um, more on the inflation front, things kind of regulate in the overall environment. Again, we're not chasing so many goods with so few, right. 
dollars. Let's think about this. What what would your advice, you know, two years from now be if you started today? What do you hope someone would achieve to combat something like inflation? Like, where are the big two or three things that you think really help us? Sean covered a few of them just before. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think Sean kind of hit the nail on the head when he mentioned stress is at the key of all this. You know, if, if you're constantly in a state of worry, um, you know, you need to figure out how to Re- realign your your financial priorities so that it isn't such a big piece of of what's happening right now. You know, we we hear so much that people are stressed out. That you know, the the medical research is out there that stress has a major impact on your physical life. So you know, we know that that's going to have going to ripple basically all throughout your well being. So you know, really kind of focusing on on that stress element is is really really critically important to surviving the waves and the ups and the downs. And you know. The research shows that there's a couple of ways to do this. You know, the, the first one is, are you spending on things? You know, things are great, but a lot of the time, the, the rush you get from it, it's over within like a day. You know, you're, you're, you look at that, you know, gadget or gizmo or purse or shoes the next day and you're like, ah, oh, that's great. Okay, put it in the closet. You know, it's, it's only going to bring me a limited amount of joy. The, the research that we've seen from Gallup shows that experiential spending is much more impactful because you build those memories and you can enjoy them time and time and time again. And, you know, usually even remember it a, a little bit better, you know, each time. I'm sure five years from now, uh, my trip to Disney will have been no stress. The weather would have been perfect. There was no <laughs> rain, you know. That's right. Um, yeah. But it's, and again, it's, it doesn't have to be a trip to anywhere exotic, anywhere special. It could be a trip to the park. You know, it, it can be a trip to the zoo. It can be, you know, even just some takeout and, and you go eat somewhere with a beautiful view. I mean, it can be really simple things that you can do to build these memories and they, they don't have to be a strain on the wallet. And I think that's a great way to, um, before we go to some of our member questions that we got, think about the state of mind around well-being. It's a mindset. It complements things that are in your wallet, like your financial wellness, your personal balance sheet, right? You talked about it both before. What are you spending on Starbucks or what are you spending on vacations? That's all something that advice is out there for we can help with. But your mindset's going to be really important, how you regulate the stress in one's life. And finance is one of the key drivers of stress in one's life, as we all know. So we're going to be happy to be here uh, listening to all of our members, listening to some of our new future guests that will come on and talk about their expertise. But I also know, um, Grant, that in preparation of our very first podcast, we had some um, members that were interested in in kind of weighing in. So do you want to hit yes, Sean and I yes. up with some of those questions maybe? Let's do it. Sure. Yeah. We, we have some uh, details in the, in the member mailbag. And if you want to, some information on how to send us your comments and questions, please look at the show notes of the podcast and you'll have that information. Uh, you can also find us on social media and send them there. Uh, just make sure to note that they're for the Wellbeing in Your Wallet podcast member mailbag. All right. So the first question we have is, uh, the cost, as the cost of gas increases, I'm looking for ways to save more at the pump and, they, uh, what, and other areas. What can I do? Uh, so, you know, Jackie, I'll send this your way first and then Shauna, what are your thoughts on sure. this? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, the shock at the pump happened twofold, right? We weren't driving as much during the pandemic. So many of us didn't have to fill up or get to that office that we are going back to now more regularly. 
Um, there's a few ways that I looked at it. One, you know, you can always um, be more environmentally conscious, walk somewhere instead of driving it, right? You know, in my neighborhood, it's a little hard to do, but I did try to do it when I was on vacation. Left that car parked right there, walked all downtown, walked to the boardwalk and, you know, viewed the sea, if you will. Um, it was part of my vacation this summer. But I also think be mindful of things that can offer you rewards back, right? So we have a great program when we look at our debit and cashback rewards. Um, some of our products are offering bigger um, incentives to do more points for certain categories like gas. Look for a provider who at the very least, if it's not affinity, does that for you as a consumer. Because it's one way to take the bite out of that pinch a little bit at the pump is to know at least I'm getting something to pay it forward and something that I can use for some other purpose. It might be groceries. It might be offsetting another cost. But that's how I've looked at it. I definitely keep um, my card in my wallet for that stuff. And I've been using a card more than cash when I've been at the pump. Uh, I know Sean was, um, you know, probably thinking the same thing on the affinity card side. But, you know, Sean, you've got younger children than I do now. So it's probably hard to walk them everywhere yes, <laughs> that you guys absolutely. go, right? Absolutely. I'm up there with Grant. So three girls. Uh, but um, absolutely, it's it's been interesting. And I think at a certain point, everybody has to kind of hold themselves accountable to an extent, right? So again, talked about what's out of our control. Gas prices are out of our control. So how do we hold ourselves accountable? And part of that, to your point, Jackie, is do a little bit of research. I don't think people like to talk about their feelings when it comes to finance. They don't like to put it out there. Um, even from the branch perspective, th there's times that we speak with our members and we're trying to to dig in to kind of understand and make sure we do the right thing by them. And in the beginning, they can be very hesitant because it's not a, a comfortable topic to speak about. Um, but you don't need all the answers is what I would tell everybody. You don't have to have the answers, but you do have resources. So hold yourself accountable to reach out to those resources. Um, we do financial checkups for our members. We'll reach out to them every three or six months just to see how they're doing because a lot can change um, over the course of three and six months. Gas prices, you know, Yes. being one of them. So it, I it love really the outreach. Is. If I could just interrupt you there, sure. you guys have done a phenomenal job of outreach during the pandemic, especially when people couldn't get to you, you got to our members in a fantastic way. Um, all the devices people can get to us through mobile or online or chat, like we said before, call us, come in, see us. But if I could just ask you one more question when sure. you were talking about that, um, we'll be proactive when people want us to be. So if you want us to set up that three, six, nine month check-in, we're happy to do it at Affinity, right, for yes. you. So that we're just making that call, seeing how everything is. But would you also say that one of the key next steps or takeaways for this is to, like you said, self-reflect, have a plan, and, and know what kind of contact you want. We yes. also don't want to overwhelm and bother you, right? We want to be there as a partner when you need us. So a life change, maybe that's when you reach out, right? I'm sure you've seen that a lot in the branch system over time or something that's gone on with your career in terms of a different opportunity out of state, right? Absolutely. We're still able to serve you. So, you know, maybe that's some key takeaways that we can offer to this audience as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, those key kind of life points, if you will, throughout your, you know, your journey, um, you know, getting married, we see people getting married all the time, being divorced, unfortunately, having children, buying their first home, buying their first car, I think a lot of people don't really realize how big of a deal that is for, you know, younger members coming in and, and getting their first car and purchasing it on their own. So we do want to make sure that we are there for everybody at every point along that journey, because, again, you don't need to know all the answers. That's what we're here for. Uh, and we want to help. Yeah. And I think talking about that in our next uh, podcast, which will be coming up, in, in, you know, so shortly around 
if it's time to stay with your bank or, ba- or break mm-hmm. with your bank, right? And we're obviously a credit union and we think the world of what we do as credit unions. But when we talk about that, maybe we could talk a little bit more about those different principles of why you stay or why you go and how that also factors into that well-being, reducing stress, making sure you really have a true partner that you can work with. Absolutely. Well, it's been a great discussion so far. I mean, this is our first and hopefully not last. I hope we have <laughs> sponsorship <laughs> out there that continues. And I do know we have some product um, highlights or spotlights that we can also go into and talk a little bit about. Yeah, thanks, Jackie. And, and actually, this ties right in well to our uh, last conversation about you know high costs at the pump. Um, and looking at your rewards options, because currently Affinity has two different cards that offer some bonus points and cash back uh, in those particular categories. So if we're talking about our uh, Pure Rewards Visa, that's points-based, and we have uh, five bonus points available through July through September of 2022, and that's going to give you some extra points at wholesale clubs, gas, and quick service restaurants. Um, So that's your fast food, Starbucks, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, Um, But, you know, I am a frequent shopper of Costco, so that Wholesale Clubs hits me for both that and gas. I love their gas, so, you know, that's I'm taking advantage of that. Uh, And that also applies to 5% cash back to our cash rewards card as well. So some really great bonuses, some really good ways to help afford the increasing prices. Um, You know, I, I would just definitely encourage people to check those out and make sure that they're aware of what bonus categories are out there for those types of cards because a lot of the times they can help you make things a little bit more affordable. That's right. And, and you can find those things if you just Google us and type some of that in as well as if you're a member, you should be on some of our communications, our emails, and definitely if you use our mobile device, you can see in the banner there, it's, it's really nicely done, I think, to tell you what you can take advantage of, especially this time of year as we We've put that piece out in the market about where to save during the summer travel and, you know, vacation inflation. We also have talked a little bit about that during the holidays and how to best afford those things, which will be coming up before we know it. So thank you both today. This has been a great first uh, discussion. Um, Our key takeaways, I think, have just been that we want to hear more from our members in the future episodes and podcasts here. How are you feeling about the stress of you know, finance, all the inflationary things that are out there, just things like you said, Sean Best, you can't control, but we are here to partner with you and we want to be a partner to you. So hopefully you take advantage of that. And I know there's some uh, ways to do that by, you know, subscribing to this podcast or just visiting our website. So, uh, Grant, do you want to just take us home there as well and tell us where to find us? <laughs> yeah, we are available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. So iTunes, uh, you know, we're probably going to publish this up on YouTube. Anywhere that you find your favorite podcasts, look for us. We are the Affinity Wellbeing in Your Wallet podcast. Um, so just keep your eyes peeled. Of course, you can subscribe to any of our uh, social media or any of our other channels, and all of the episodes will be available there as they're published. Uh, we're currently planning to publish on a monthly basis, uh, but if that changes, keep your eyes peeled on social media or listen to the podcast, and we'll give you more updates. Yeah, and I, I would just say, again, financial well-being is a, is a marathon. It's not a sprint, as much as it can feel like a sprint. So um, I want to see, from the branch perspective, I want to see the journey. I, I, I truly enjoy that. So please you know, visit our website, um, stop into a branch, make an appointment, give us a call. Uh, because we can we can definitely give some some advice and guide you through that journey as well. All right, excellent. Thank you, Sean. And just a reminder for those of you that are new to Affinity, we are at affinityfcu.com. Excellent. Well, thank you again, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure celebrating our first but not last. 
podcast together of well-being in your wallet from Affinity Federal Credit Union. Thank you all and have a great day. Thank you, Jackie. Thank Jackie. You. Thanks, Grant.